This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Carrie Barber. Thanks for joining us. World War II ended in 1945, which is 78 years ago. As that war recedes farther and farther into history, only a fraction of those veterans are still alive, and many of the stories are being lost. Andre Degas is a filmmaker and playwright in Bonita Springs. He knew his neighbors, Bob and Anita Vandergrift, for many years, but never really got deep into the history of Bob's military service. When Bob got into his mid-90s, though, he and Andre began to talk more, and Bob opened up about the war and the struggles he'd had after the war. So naturally, Andre turned on his camera. What resulted is a film called I Walked with Heroes, and it's the story of this very remarkable man, Bob Vandegrift, his military service, and his whole life, really. In an encore presentation, filmmaker Andre Degas joins us to talk about the film, which airs again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock on WGCU-TV. Full disclosure, Andre is my brother-in-law. He's my husband's brother uh, and a wonderful filmmaker. Andre, welcome to Gulf Coast Life. Thank you. I'm really pleased to be here. Tell me how you came to meet Bob Vandegrift. Um, well, we've known each other for years, and, you know, we've had supper and dinner, and he knew <clears throat> I was coming in and going from Benita Springs. I hadn't fully, like, come, you know, arrived and lived here. And so we've just, you know, as as friends, as neighbors, we would always discuss politics. He's on one side, and I was the other. The debate was really lively. And, um, you know, I... With just you know, it was just then. Then the uh, everything changed. Um, you know, when I came down to live here, and also the pandemic happened, and we were like basically um, in in the community that we're living in, which is, happens to be uh, Spanish Wells, and uh, we got to know each other a little bit more intimately. And you know, he called for this and that and the other thing, and I would run over. And so I became even closer to him and, of course, to Anita. Interesting. I know you you mentioned that in the film, too, that you two were on opposite sides of the political spectrum, which I found really interesting because I feel like that's something that has really harshly divided people Mm. um, lately. How how did you two kind of find your way to spend time together? Because in the film, you you clearly really enjoy each other. and, And that has not that did not get in the way of your friendship. Yeah, it's uh, it was it, it, you have to kind of like take it with a with a sense of humor and 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 uh, just walk a fine line, you know. Like sometimes I would show up and um, Bob would be still getting out of bed and I would help out and stuff like that. And he would start on, you know, I would come in with a mask on and he would say, "Why are you wearing that mask?" And I would say, uh, "Well, you know, there's a pandemic out there, Bob. <laughs> you know, and um, you know, and eventually I kind of convinced him that I have to wear it and stuff like that to protect him. And um, you know, we, we just we didn't make that as much of an issue as possible. And that I believe relaxed him a little bit more because there was no judgment going back and forth. We were just like, you know, almost like father and son. You know, mm. and um, you know, I had gone through some other." Um, personal tragedies before my mom had passed away, like uh, in 2019. So, you know, I kind of needed 
to be closer to an older person that mm. was kind of, you know, at the end of his life. And I kind of knew what to do. And, um, you know, I knew that he needed me. And I put so I put everything else off to the side. Mm, that's really lovely. And I know um, Bob talks very candidly in the film about um, developing PT- basically PTSD from the horrors of World War II, which mm-hmm. wasn't called PTSD then. And... Um, I know it was interesting to me because that generation is so holds things so close to the vest and they're not one to kind of gab about their mental health. So Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what how did you get to that? And how did I mean, he talks really, I think, really candidly and really insightfully about the the mental challenges he went through after the war. Yes, that's true. That's the great generation. That's what they're known as. And um Basically, you know, uh, they, <laughs> just to put it bluntly, they don't talk about feelings much like we yeah. do. You know what I mean? It's not part of their vernacular. And so, but as time went on and um, stuff in these feelings and these memories, especially for him, because he was a corpsman, so he witnessed a lot of things and and these memories, as he put it, it they were, there were, some of them were horrific and they had to be sort of let out somehow. And uh, he 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 started to get some help, and it's all mentioned in the film and ha- ha- how he worked through it. And part of talking to me was working through it. And mm-hmm. I realized that was kind of my role, mm-hmm. that I was um, helping him process some of these things. Um, and uh, so you had to kind of like almost walk very... Um, diligently and quietly through his mind, through his, through the paths of his memory, and uh, just, you know, allow him to just come out and just say them. And I remember clearly we were standing um, by the mailbox one day. This is before I even rolled the camera. Mm-hmm. And he told me one of these stories out of the blue. We were just standing. It was a beautiful afternoon. The sun was shining, and we were getting our mail. He was picking his mail. I was picking, I was picking my mail. And he, he launched into the story about a baby. It's stories in the film. And, um, and I was like, wow, this, this is a big motivator um, to get that story. Mm. You know, he got me. He, 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 it, it wrenched my heart, my heart, my gut. You know. And a corpsman is meaning he was a medic on the field, right? So he was kind of going along with the Marines. Is that right? That's so. right. They, they, initially, they were called male nurses, I believe. That was the title. And he was a first male nurse. And um, he not only was in World War II, but he was in Korea, mm. too. And he, he you know, he, he, he was a corpsman for the Navy. Um, <clears throat> he cleared, um, helped clear a lot of the the wounded of the Indianapolis, mm, um, wow. and um, yeah, and you know he, he the man saw a lot of a lot of stuff, and he served the country in in such a powerful way. I mean, it's just it's humbling actually. You know, he gave his youth. Um, so whatever, <laughs> whatever politics, whatever the, everything was just like forgotten. When you, you, I had a lot of respect for him, and. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> um, why, uh, he says in the film that he it wasn't diagnosed with PTSD until he retired, which was year, decades after his Correct. service, Correct. right? Correct. What, um, why do you think it took so long? His wife prompted him. <laughs> no, seriously. So she, he wouldn't have even gone then for help. She, yeah, but no, yeah, for exactly. Yeah. But be, because she had to kind of sorry, I had to, live with him. <laughs> yes, exactly. She had to kind of put up with him, and and it's in the film. You know, uh, the the 
the nightmares, the getting up in the mm. middle of the night and um, thrashing, and the memories were just putting a big dent in their in their marriage. And um, so she, you know, she she kind of prompted him to kind of like really kind of urged him to seek help, and it, it began by going to the Veterans Administration and um, speaking to therapists and stuff like that. And for him, because he's, he's a proud man, you know, men uh, of that stature did not do that, and but he did. And, um, you know, he um, found other ways to kind of get around these memories and techniques that they use these days that they used on first responders, mm. you know. So... Yeah, just like hearing all that, really, I was like, "Oh my God, there's a story here." You know? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's it was really um, interesting to me watching the film because to see a, a guy that age talk about, you know, talk about any sort of mental health or any sort of getting help or you know, is really mm-hmm. is really rare. I, I don't, you know, that that like you said, that generation doesn't. Mm-hmm. They they don't g- get help for that kind of thing. So I think it's uh, it's really something that he. Well, first of all, it shows that you can't just ignore it and it will go away. Yes. <laughs> because it was decades later and he was still right. grappling with it. Right. But also that it's it's uh, you know I give him a lot of credit for getting the help at the age that he did and then and then there he was go. able to have a better quality yeah. of life. Yeah. It, you know, and it got even. It, it it got even he got even sweeter and mellower and funnier and and more uh, objective about everything as he got older because I went with him to VFW and Benita and met all his cronies and guys that that knew him and other men came out and the 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 covenants the the intimacy that was between these men and to be there I was really honored to kind of be shooting this and um, and to and to get it to get it on tape you know yeah. yeah. Um, why do you think he was ready to talk to you in such depth when he did? Uh, once again, his wife prompted him. And also, I think that... He, was it his age? I mean, was he was getting age. very oh, right. old. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, as, as she said, we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. You know, he was 98. And he was very near the end, you know. And so... He, they, they needed me to actually tell the story, and initially I kind of like d- did not want want to really. I'll be honest, I did not want to tell the story, but sometimes stories choose you. You don't choose it, you know. And that, and I couldn't not heed the call. I could not not. It was like a, a soldier. It's like, like he fought. I had to pick up my camera. He, you know what I mean. He he picked up his equipment and I picked up mine. <laughs> and the story had to be told. And uh, when I think in the process of making the film, there's a, a certain amount of therapy. You know what I mean? Talking to the camera, it's almost like a confession mm, yes. for him. And he was very, very willing. He talked about his marriage. He talked about after the war, which is really, really interesting. And, you know, then he talked about, you know, I'm just going to segue into something that's really maybe you were going to, uh, for another question you're going to ask me. But a lot of stories have been told about the heroes of World War II. Not that many were told about the medics, people who witnessed people who saw and they were those people emotion had more of an emotional impact because they were witnesses and they they bottled a lot of it they had to be very strong to see somebody's head come off or like yeah. somebody's arm just like hanging there and i mean some of the stories that i was i was that he he imparted to me were really uh, horrific and so 
not that many people really told that story. That was another um, important fact to get that story out. Um, yeah. And if you're just joining us, we are talking with Andre Degas. He is a local filmmaker who created a film called I Walked with Heroes about a World War II veteran from Bonita Springs, Bob Vandegrift. The film airs tomorrow night at 8.30 on WGCU-TV. Um, Andre, wh- I'm curious, why didn't you want to make this story? Why? What was not appealing about this film to you? Well, you know, honestly, I... <laughs> I didn't feel like I was um, an expert. I didn't feel mm. like I was Ken Burns. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm, 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 you know, I, I, I tell different kinds of mm, stories. Yes. You know, but um, so. But it just landed in your lap. It, it was, landed it's in literally my, it, it was your next yeah, door neighbor. Yeah, right? exactly. It landed <laughs> in my lap, and so yeah. when, when it, it was almost like a gift, you know. And um, you know, I was very lucky that it moved forward and it found a home here at GCU. I um, and and you know, to be honest with you, the the way the story came about. Um, the editing and stuff like that is I, I came here with the footage and uh, I met a really great uh, producer, Amy Shoemaker, and she gave me agency. She said, you have to be the person to tell that story. It's you who's going to have to tell that story. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think she liked my voice, too, but uh, mm-hmm. I might be wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> um, people would come up to Bob. In, I mean, there's footage in the film at the VFW and other places where you know, when he's wearing that World War II hat, like guys would just come up with tears in their eyes and he really, he just gendered, engendered so much respect. Why yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, I was talking to another friend about how I feel like servicemen or military people now don't really get that kind of respect. Like why, why do you think people have such respect for the World War II generation? You know, it's really, um, it's almost like a lost art. You know, it's it's sad that it's not happening, but um, it's incumbent upon filmmakers and storytellers like myself and other people to, to get their stories out because um, all you had to do was follow Bob around and have him go into a restaurant, and you'll see it in the film, or um, the VFW, or American Legion, or because he was like a very... Um, a big fanatic of um, uh, gospel music. So, he, <laughs> you know, at 90 years of age, 98 years old, and his wife was 94, they would just get in the car and haul, haul ass, sorry, <laughs> to all the way to uh, Tennessee from Florida wow. to watch a concert at that age. Can you believe it? And they would <laughs> drive right back in the same night. Um, and so, and then while they were there, they would just get like the whole auditorium would just erupt uh, because he was there, and you know he, he was he enjoyed the spotlight, you know, because mm. he you know after he he retired he was also a mayor in New Jersey, mm. so he's you know he likes being in the spotlight, he likes to talk, and he's he's a funny guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's very affable and just very likable in the film. It's mm. really mm. really interesting. And uh, something that he said um, that kind of tripped me up was he said he felt like vets are getting more mental health help these days than mm-hmm. his generation did. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did you think of that? I mean, I, I don't think vets are getting great mental health help. I know their suicide rate is pretty high. Maybe just it's better than it was in 
48 or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm learning that from you right now. And mm-hmm. I, I, I do believe you because you're much more in touch with the statistics. And I, I, it does make sense um, um, that they are getting help. But then since, since the Korean War, and there's been a lot of other wars. Yes. And so, you know, and, you know the, the issues are as much as they're different, they're the same. And um, I think, you know, I think for me personally, uh, the results that I've seen from what I've, you know, from the people that I, when I follow them, if they talk about it, it's better than treating it with drugs or like substance and stuff like this to calm them down. And uh, the whole idea was to let them, let them share. Mm-hmm. Let them mm-hmm. come out, mm-hmm. um, and so the more that this is happening, the more the better the help that is going to mm-hmm. be. And, and just for from what Bob said and what I have been listening to, yeah, it's it's. I, I wish them all the best. I hope that if they need drugs, give it. You know, yeah, if they yeah. need medication, if they need give medication, medication. What, yeah, whatever, it whatever it takes, whatever it takes, because yeah, it yeah, it's yeah. A, it's. Yeah. A, um, but talking helps. Really, yeah, for really sure, yeah. for sure. Especially, mm. I think with gr- you know, with people who have been there. Yeah, been, been through similar things. Right. I mean, you really watch their mood, um, sort of rise when they're together. Um, just yes, you know the, the veter- uh, his fellow veterans. You mean? Yeah, yeah. The moroseness, the sort of being inside their own head, just like loosens up, and all of a sudden they're smiling, they're petting each other on the back. They're he tells a story, he tells another story, and all of a sudden it's like the confusion and everything has just gets sorted out. Mm, you know? Oh, that's so interesting. I'm yeah. really glad he found a, a community that's really yeah really nice. And I know um, Bob and Anita had a really long and loving marriage. I feel like the film is secretly about their marriage. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, um, you know, like you have the A plot and the B plot. <laughs> yeah, this this was definitely the B plot that was sometimes fighting the A plot. Um, you know, it, you know, like any any marriage was fraught with difficulties, and you know, they were very um, they were they kept very much to themselves in the community. So that's good and bad in the same way. Um, and, you know, I felt very honored that I was like, they opened up to me, you know, and I was treated like a, a son, stuff like that. But but also I had to kind of like walk on eggshells sometimes because, you know, they, they wanted certain things. <laughs> you know, the chairs had to be certain ways. The air conditioning had to be certain ways. You know what I mean? Um, because they're older. You know what I mean? And so they were very much set in their ways mm. and stuff like that. But there was also a dynamics between them that was really, really beautiful to watch. It's just like, um, you know, they never really, um, they never went to bed angry. Um, I, I noticed that. And, and I was with them. When I put them to bed. <laughs> when they and went I, to bed. Yeah, and I woke them up in the morning. He Towards the end, he... Um, it was really sweet. He he actually would, would tell Anita that he wanted to meet her help him get out of bed and stuff like that mm. and I uh, uh, I would show up and um, he'd be in bed and you know he'd give me a marine salute and <laughs> and he'd tell me like hey do you know um, do you know what a marine shower is and I'd say no what's a marine shower Bob and he'd like t- say he'd mime a helmet you take a helmet you take a helmet and you fill it up with water and you just pour it over <laughs> your head uh, you know he was just full of stories like this and then you know he would just like laugh and get up and brush his teeth and the day yeah. started you know yeah is there anything you learned from what you had such a front row seat to their relationship and their marriage is there anything you learned from them that you have 
put into place in your marriage or your, your any of your relationships? Uh, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I hope my wife is listening. Um, um, you know, uh, yes, to be honest with you, yes. Um, um, she said a, a line, oh, there's a story, I mean, I'm just going to give it a little bit of the plot. Um, there's a point where he gave her a ring on his birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, I said to him, Bob, you gave her a gift on your birthday, and then she said, you know, he does everything for me. It's um, kind of, it's being self selfless. Mm. It's it's um, not being right all the time. Doesn't have to be, you know. You could just rather be right. Than, I mean, be happy than mm-hmm. be right. You know what I mean? And. Uh, to just like let go and uh, you know forgive and whatever and like anything um, wrong words and stuff like this. She corrected him a lot and they cor- he corrected her a lot and stuff like that. And that must have been difficult, you know. Um, but they've been through a lot together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, yeah, they sure have. Well, is there anything else that you want people to know who might be tuning in tomorrow night? Um, actually. Um, it's just that um, I would like to give out a shout to the younger generation, to be honest with you. I would love that more younger people, because I know that, that a lot of World War II veterans, Vietnam veterans that I know, Vietnam veterans, will, sh- will see this film. And many people will have great identification. But I, w- I would love the younger generation to see like how this these men that were 19 years old and gave up of themselves once again another theme of selflessness mm-hmm. and for and fought and crossed the ocean whether it be in Europe or in Pacific uh, theater to fight fascism you know and um, the great sacrifice that they it's because of them we are walking on the shoulders of giants really mm-hmm. um, yeah that's, oh, that's nice yeah filmmaker Andre Degas thank you for joining us on Gulf Coast Life His film, I Walked with Heroes, about World War II vet Bob Vandegrift, re-airs tomorrow night at 8 on WGCU-TV. Thanks for listening. I'm Carrie Barber, and we had production help today from Mike Canary, Jared Gonzalez, and Tara Calligan. This is NPR for Southwest Florida, 90.1 WGCU-FM, Fort Myers, Naples, and Port Charlotte. 91.7 WMKO Marco Island, a member-supported service of Florida Gulf Coast University.